to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at this morning verses 4 to 7, and I want to encourage you to leave your Bible open, okay? There's not going to be a lot of scripture on the overhead today, so if you would, leave your Bible open to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you are here with us, not only to protect us and keep us safe, but you are here to fellowship with us. You're here to teach us more about yourself and to speak to our hearts about our need of you on a day-to-day basis. God, regardless of the topic of the sermon, we would pray that, Lord, any time we meet, that if there's someone here that has never trusted Christ as Savior, that in some way the Word of God would penetrate their heart and mind and help them to see not only the need of a Savior, but that the Savior has come and his name is Jesus. God, I pray for us as Christians. It's so easy to, to get saved and then kind of just drift through the rest of our life and, and only call upon you, Lord, when we have emergencies or when things are caving in on us. But God, help us to see that after we get saved, Lord, the journey has just begun and you want us to grow in our faith and knowledge of you. You want us to be witnesses. God, you want us to experience life in all its fullness, as Jesus said, that he had come to give life and give it abundantly. God, as we prepare our hearts for Thanksgiving and even for Christmas, God, please help us to learn what it means to be people that give you thanks and give you praise. Father, please, in these moments, speak to our hearts about who you are, what you have done, and your plans for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read these verses. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Very simple, very straightforward. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. And I'll read that later in the Good News Bible. Forbearance means here gentleness. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6. This, this verse is one I've struggled with all my Christian life. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. For the last three Sundays, we've been preparing for Thanksgiving, I pray. Will Thanksgiving, the 26th of November, be a one-day event, or will being thankful to God become our lifestyle, and will our lives become daily a life of thanking and praising God? And as we began this study, um, actually, I guess three Sundays ago, I asked this question, are we, am I, as Christians, truly people that thank God for our many blessings? And in reality, it is not our nature to be people of thanks and praise. And I want you to know, I know this from my own experience. I struggle with this daily, sometimes hour to hour. It is easier to gripe and complain and spit and sputter than it is to say, thank you, Jesus. It truly is. Again, I want to list some of the reasons we stop giving thanks. Let me 
Again, Chris has got these up. The first Sunday that we looked at this list, you remember we covered we forget God and all his blessings. We give ourselves credit for our blessings. That was out of Deuteronomy chapter 8. You remember last week we looked at circumstances and we used 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, our verse of the month, which again says, And everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, today, I want us to look at anxiety and worry, because I believe these are two thieves. They will rob us of joy, and they will silence us from giving thanks and praise to God. And I hope you're saying, well, what is the difference between circumstances that we studied last week stopping us from thanking God and anxiety and worry this week that stops us from praising and thanking God. Well, folks, here's the way I'm looking at this. Circumstances so often are what happened to us over a long period of time, perhaps, and that affect us, something that we absolutely cannot let go of and cannot find peace about, and so it kind of silences us in giving thanks to God. But Anxiety and worry, as I understand this in my own life, these are things that pop up on a day-to-day basis. From the wear and tear of daily living, which seeks to get our daily focus off of God and his blessings, and to upset our daily living, sometimes hour by hour. And folks, many of these Things that bring anxiety and worry are things that were unexpected and unplanned. And folks, I'm not trying to be silly in what I'm about to tell you. Because God sometimes has to just sit down and show me how silly I am sometimes. And I want to tell you what happened this past Wednesday to me. Somebody said they saw me Friday driving down Mountain Hill and they thought I wouldn't laughing or smiling, um, and they might have had a bad day. No, the bad day came on Wednesday. I love Christmas, and especially Christmas trees. I'd put back money aside this year to buy a new Christmas tree, and me and Ellen and Liam had picked one out at one of the local stores. It was a pre-lit, seven-and-a-half-foot-tall Colorado blue spruce that had lights that had three different stages. There was a little button you could push. Even Liam can push it. It's got stage one, all white, stage two, which is my favorite, multicolored lights, and then stage three is flashing clear lights. And I bought it. I was so excited about this new tree. And Wednesday, I'd already been to Durham and gotten back, and I stopped at the house to get lunch. Well, guess what? Debbie and Ella and Liam were getting ready to open the Christmas tree box and put it up. And I couldn't resist the temptation to stay long enough to help get the tree assembled and put up. Well, it came in three sections. We put them together, and we plugged it in, and we pushed the button. And remember, again, my favorite was the flash was the multicolored lights well the thing didn't work it stuck on the flashing clear and that thing was like a it it would give you a headache 
so I got the instructions out, and I read about troubleshooting, and everything we did did not change it and get the light stages to work. So there was a toll-free number. I called the toll-free number, and I'm not trying to be ugly when I make this next statement, but guess who answered the phone? A man in the Philippines. And he couldn't understand my South Carolina English, and I could not understand his Filipino English. And he could not help me solve the problem. So he said that he would order a new light switch from a warehouse in New Jersey. And I asked him how long it would take to get it to the house. And he said, well, maybe seven to ten days, but probably longer because they're working overtime right now. Now, you got to remember, Wednesday was 43 days before Christmas, but I was mad. <laughs> and I said, sir, no thanks. I just called the store where we bought it, and I was steaming. I mean, I really needed to get back to work, but I really wanted to see the Christmas tree working right. And again, it's 43 days before Christmas, and I've already lost my Christmas joy And I am angry with the world. I'm angry especially with the Christmas tree company. Because you see, this was a tree I wanted. I'm 64 years old, but I found myself saying, why me? Why my Christmas tree? So we disassembled the tree. I threw it in the box and headed to the place that we had bought it. Coming back from Durham that morning, I'd been listening to K-Love. And when I cranked my truck, a Christian song came on about praising the Lord. And I suddenly realized that my anxiety and worry about this Christmas tree had caused me to lose the real meaning of Christmas. And I thought, I'm preaching a series of sermons on being a thankful Christian and praising God. And at that moment, I'm so mad, my blood pressure, no telling what it is. I'm not practicing what I'm preaching, not following the teachings of Scripture. And I promise you, as I was riding down Chubb Lake, I said this out loud. God, you must be so disappointed in me. Please forgive me. Help me not only to know the real meaning of Christmas, but help me to understand the type of heart that gives true praise to you. And folks, this is a very simple thing I know, and it's a very silly thing for me to get so upset. Because you see, when I got out to the store where we bought it, 10 minutes in, I was gone. They replaced the tree, and it's working fine. Please come by and see our Christmas tree. (laughs) But I want to ask you, what are we struggling with today that is stopping us from praising God and thanking God? What are we struggling with, folks? It is the the small things. It is the small things that's making such an effect on our lives. And, folks, let me quickly give you the background of these verses. And, And you know all these things, but let me tell you again. If there was anybody who had an excuse... For being anxious, for worrying, it was the Apostle Paul. He is in prison in Rome. 
And folks, earlier in chapter 1, he mentions that there's division among the Christians in, in Rome, and that is concerning him. He mentions earlier in chapter 4 that there are two women within the church at Philippi, Eodia and Syntyche, if I'm saying their names right, that apparently have gotten upset with each other. And Paul also knows, and he mentions this in chapter 1, that he knows that he's going to die pretty soon. But listen, the book of, a, of Philippians that only has 104 verses is filled with joy and rejoicing. Folks, in the King James Version, the word rejoice is used 10 times in these 104 verses. Folks, instead of worrying, Paul praised and thanked God. And I believe to Paul, the secret of victory over anxiety and worrying is to praise God, to thank God, to rejoice in the Lord. And I believe that's the key for you and me and whatever we're struggling with. Chris, if you'll go back to verse 6, okay? Back to verse 6. There you go. I'm sorry. Go back, please. No. There we are. Thank you very much. Don't get me mad back there. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. I've told y'all, I, you know, one of my greatest faults is I have such a high temper. Can I have an amen from the lady on the front pew? You're not even listening to me, are you? I'm mad with you, too. I know you're giving Josh candy. I said one of my greatest weaknesses is my temper, isn't it? Yep. Go ahead and say it. I know it. All right. But look at verse 6. Have no anxiety about anything. What does the word anxiety, and, and I always put worry in there too because I think they mean the same things. But let me tell you what the word anxiety means in the Greek. The word anxiety means to be pulled in different directions. And, and folks, it's like being pulled apart. Seminary professor told me one time, if you take a rubber band and if you pull it far enough, if you stretch it far enough, what's it going to do? It's going to pop. And sometimes in our lives, on a day-to-day basis, don't we just feel like we're going to fall apart? We're just going to pop. And folks, anxiety and worry pulls us apart, especially from the Lord Jesus Christ. And think about this for just a minute. Our hope in Christ pulls us to him. Correct? And that's why Paul, Paul in jail, in prison, knowing that perhaps his life is about to end because of his hope in Jesus Christ, he is being pulled closer and closer to the Lord. But folks, if we let our fears and worries and anxieties take over, it will pull us away from from Christ. You don't need for me to tell you this. I'm not a doctor. But all of us know that anxiety and worry has many physical results. Headaches, neck pain, ulcers, back pain sometimes, digestive pains, heart attacks. Anxiety and worry also affects our thinking. When we become anxious and worry, we become discouraged, don't we? 
I want to tell you, there's examples of this throughout the Word of God, but let me tell you one that I think sticks out so often. You remember when Moses and the people of Israel are getting ready to go into the promised land that God has promised them. They send 12 spies into the promised land. You remember the report that came back? Ten of them said, those folks over there are like giants. As we looked at them, we felt like we were grasshoppers. We cannot go in and take the land. Only two men, Joshua and Caleb, said, with God's help, we can do anything. Folks, listen. One of the first things anxiety and worry will do is cause us to become discouraged and lose our desire to reach the goals that God has for our lives. How many of us would be witnesses for the Lord in a greater way if we didn't worry about what other people would think about and worry that we would fail? We need to push it aside. We need to move on. Anxiety and worry affects our relationships with others. It will affect your relationship with your spouse, with your children, with your grandchildren, even with your church family. But the relationship that worry and anxiety will affect most is our relationship with God. Worry is one of the greatest robbers of joy and thanksgiving and praise of God. And I'm preaching to myself, okay? It is not enough to tell ourselves to quit worrying because you and I do not have the personal strength to do that. We really don't. I mean, in the world that we're living in today, absolutely do we not have the personal strength to say, well, I believe everything's going to be okay. But now listen to what the Word of God says. Listen to what Paul says. How can we deal with worry and anxiety? And there's something, and I want to I tell you, Warren Wiersbe said this. It just absolutely rocked me. Warren Wiersbe said, because worry and anxiety is an inside job, we must allow the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit to work deep within our hearts and our minds. It's an inside job. It's something that's going on on the inside of us that we have got to get divine help with to deal with anxiety and with worry. And let me give you some keys, okay? First of all, we must depend upon the Holy Spirit bearing fruit in our heart. And if you will, Chris, I know back and forth. Thank you very much. Remember Galatians 5, 22 and 23, nine fruit of the Holy Spirit that Paul mentions. Look at these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I wish I'd have had all nine of those when I talked to the man in the Philippines, but I didn't, okay? And folks, listen to what is happening here. The Holy Spirit is in control inside of us, duplicating the Lord Jesus Christ in us. Can I say that again? The Holy Spirit is in control, duplicating the Lord Jesus within us. A second thing, verse 4, if you'll go back to that. Thank you, Chris. Sorry, we're going. There we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoicing in the Lord is not something that is seasonable, not just at Thanksgiving or Christmas, because you see, Jesus Christ is always with us. And folks, regardless of what we're facing, 
He's always with us. And we are to be rejoicing, thanking him, praising him. And Paul says it twice. Again, I will say, rejoice. And I think Paul is saying here, rejoice in the Lord, regardless of the situation, the circumstance, regardless if the sun is shining or if it's raining, regardless if our bank account is full or we're on empty, regardless if we're in prison or we're in a mansion. Rejoice in the Lord. And then in verse 5, he says, let all men know your forbearance. And the Good News Bible translates that, show a gentle attitude toward everyone. When we are anxious and worried, don't we want to blow off on someone? If you ain't been there, bless your heart. I think you're lying to me, all right? (laughs) I'm not trying to be ugly. But folks, I'm talking about our nature as human beings. If you got your Bible still open, look back at at, at chapter 2 of Philippians, and, and let me just read verse 8, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Folks, Jesus could have blown off at his attackers or his ridiculers or those that made fun of him and those who denied him of every generation. But he gave them his love. And I want to ask myself, do I have the gentle spirit of the Lord in me? even in the midst of anxiety and worry. And folks, I hope you're saying, well, that's real nice, but why should I do number one, two, and three that I just mentioned, allow the Holy Spirit to be in control, to be people rejoicing, and to be gentle? Why? Look at the last phrase in verse 5. The Lord is at hand, which means the Lord is coming soon. And it might be sooner than we think. We don't talk about it much, but folks, Jesus Christ is coming back. He is coming back. Do we live each day like this might be today that Jesus is coming back? I'm glad that he didn't come back when I got in my truck and was going down Chubb Lake Road. Because as Lucy, as Desi Arnaz would say to Lucy, you got some splaining to do. Again, I'm not trying to be funny. Folks, most of the things that you and I worry about never happen or become so trivial compared to spending eternity with Jesus Christ. Now, don't worry about me going over, okay? (laughs) Don't get anxious, all right? I got to tell you the rest of this scripture, okay? In order to stop worrying and start praising and thanking God, look at verse 6 and 7, okay? And listen to how Paul says this. Don't have anxiety about anything, but here's what you do. Here's what you do. Listen to this. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And folks, look, there are three things that Paul says, or four things, First of all, he says, in everything by prayer. Prayer here, the word for prayer is a general word that means to make our request known to God. 
And it also means a time of prayer when we get alone with God and adore him and praise him. And, you know, one of our problems, one of my problems, we don't get alone enough with God. Because, you know what, if we get together with God and alone with God, we'll see his greatness and we'll see his majesty. And then we'll realize that our God is big enough to to solve every problem that we have. Secondly, Paul says, and supplication, and supplication. This is an earnest sharing of our needs and problems with God. And folks, this is not insincere, half-hearted prayer, but it is spiritually intense prayer like Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane when his sweating became great drops of blood. It is intense prayer with God. God hears the situation. But he says supplication how? With thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Let me read just a couple of quick verses, okay? Ephesians 5.20. Would you fast forward to that? Thank you, Chris. You're earning your money today, okay? Listen to this. Again, Paul writing. Always and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Always and for everything, give thanks. And listen to what he says in Colossians three fifteen to 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And what? And be thankful. Look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonish one another in all wisdom, and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with what? Thanksgiving. In your hearts to God. In verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, if you would, Chris, go back, go back to, uh, the verse, verse 6 and 7, okay? Folks, listen, talking to God about everything, that concerns us in him is the first step toward victory over worry. And don't you worry, whatever you're going through, God's interested in it, okay? But look at verse 7, and I'll be finished, okay? Here is the result of the right praying in verse 6. Okay, listen to this. After we've prayed, we've supplication with thanksgiving, we've made our request known to God, look at verse 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, notice, it's so important to notice how Paul says this, the peace of God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Paul talks about the born-again believer, and one of the benefits of being a born-again believer is that we have peace with God, with God. But now he is saying we have the peace of God, which means... As a Christian, I already have peace with God, Romans 5, 1, but now the peace of God. God takes us farther in blessing, the blessing that he pours out on us. And folks, remember the peace of God. Now listen to this closely because this is a struggle for all of us. The peace of God does not mean the absence of trials and tribulations, but the presence of God in our daily lives which means Christ is always walking with us through all circumstances. And this peace of God, listen to this, 
which passes all understanding. You know what that means, I believe? It's not generated by us ourselves. It is given to us as a gift from God. As we have peace with him. Folks, listen. God God wants to take care of us. We are his children. God does not like to see us suffering and anxious and worrying. So what does he do? This peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I, I didn't look back in the King James. I know the word keep is, is, is so important in, in the word of God, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. But a synonym for keep would be guard, to guard. Listen to what I think the picture is. The Apostle Paul has Roman soldiers guarding him. But he is saying to the believer, when we have the peace of God, guess what? The Lord Jesus is guarding our hearts and our minds. Now think about this for just a second. Our hearts, our emotions, our minds, our thoughts. Where is Satan going to attack us? In our hearts, our emotions, and in our minds, in our thoughts, folks. Folks, listen. Anxiety, and this is the lesson here this morning. Anxiety and worry will not only pull us apart, but away from praising and living for Jesus. And as Christians, we can rejoice in the Lord. We can give God constant praise because we are his child And he walks with us every moment of each day, regardless of what we face. And Paul says, again in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this portion of Scripture. God, may it truly touch our hearts and minds to know that you will give us victory over worry and anxiety. And God, I'm sure that each of us in this room this morning, perhaps even some of our teenagers and younger children, already burdened down with so much worry and so much anxiety, stemming from all sorts of things that are going on in our life. But Father, thank you that when we turn to your Son, he gives us a peace that passes all understanding, that's beyond our ability to comprehend or even to generate within us. And God, may this become a source of strength for us. May it be another reason for us to be people of praise and thanksgiving. And God, as I've borne my heart today and my experience on Wednesday, God, I pray that you would forgive me. And I pray, Father, that I would have that gentle spirit of your son. And I pray, Father, that my life and all of us gathered in this room, our lives would give you honor and glory and praise and thanksgiving. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is number 434. Again, when we meet, we don't know what God's got in store for us on a Sunday morning or whenever we meet here. And today, maybe God's spoken to your heart about something. Maybe it's not even about the passage of Scripture. Maybe today he is leading you to 
profess faith in his son, would you come? The altar is going to be open. You know, um, I can't even remember the name of the book now, but um, Max Lucada, I believe, wrote the book. And it's a man that is walking down a long road. And you can see him off in the distance. But on the closest to where you're looking, there's a couple of suitcases. Every time I see the cover on that book, it blesses my heart. Because I believe what Max Lucada is trying to say, that man took his, Jesus, his burdens to Jesus and he laid them down. And he's walking free of those things. And if that doesn't set your heart on fire to praise him, I don't know what will. If you've got burdens, let them go. Give them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand as we sing.